this week on No, Not the Mind Probe, episode number 34. Remember nostalgia? Remember it, John? Oh, I yeah. just remember nostalgia. <laughs> great. Welcome to No, not the Mind Pro. A little mischievous no, mind pro. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a podcast. It's a good little mind pro. <laughs> it's a podcast, folks. Uh, yep. Which you would know because you access it through a podcast medium. That's right. Uh, where we watch and rank every single Doctor Who story ever. My name is John Grant, and I am a lifelong Doctor Who fan. I've been watching it for 36 fabulous years. And my name is Porter Mason, and John's been asking me to watch Doctor Who for 26 of those fabulous years, and I finally said yes. Each episode of this podcast, we look at two Doctor Who stories. We go through the new series in order. We keep saying new. It's like a 20-year-old new series. It's on season 13, but yeah, new age. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the New Testament. It's still yeah. <laughs> newer. <laughs> we're, um, we're going through that in order what we just said that (laughs) and and then uh john picks out a pairing of that new story the classic story and it's just the way he strings them together it's just chef's kiss the thing of beauty yeah Yeah. Uh, john what do we have in store for this episode well it's funny you should mention that because this one is definitely a tough one on the pairing front (laughs) uh, again a very i think uh, as i was doing all of these i uh uh, I, I spent a long time trying to figure out how to pair this one, but uh, we are um, for folks. Uh, it's been kind of a hiatus for you. I know you've been waiting an extra week yeah. uh, for this episode since we we went to our new uh, our new uh, uh, create demand uh, by starving yeah, the masses. Yeah. This is right. This is yeah. the no not the mind probe uh, scarcity push. Yeah, exactly. we're just so, really trying. So you're all dying for it. Now you've probably forgotten yeah. what's happened. When you last left mind probe, yeah. we had just we were just about to embark on the fourth season. Uh, we just done the Christmas special. Uh, we've seen Kylie Minogue has has had a a terrible forklift accident. Uh, so we're still reeling. <laughs> Not in real life. Okay, wait, hold on. We got to say that fake Kylie Minogue. Yeah. A lot she, of people listen to another my probe, and then as soon as like your sentence is finished, they just they're yeah, like they start throw tweeting. their headphones yeah. down <laughs> and they run off to call. What has happened to Kylie? The yeah. police, or you go yeah. to Twitter, and this is how rumors get started. Yeah, John. exactly. No, I, I totally admit. So, uh, 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 actress Kylie Minogue uh, has performed a role where she has plunged into a fire pit in a forklift, <laughs> and that makes sense. In a very believable process. Yeah, like, right. yeah. So now uh, we started the fourth season uh, with the first appearance of uh, or return appearance of Donna Noble uh, yeah. in, uh, and Dave Dennett in Partners in Crime, uh, which features, and hopefully, uh, folks, if you haven't watched it. What are you doing here? Uh, But watch the episode. But it features at the end a a surprise appearance from a past Mm. companion. Uh, And that was the the tenuous link upon which I managed to to grab hold (laughs) (laughs) and link this story to a seventh Doctor story. We haven't seen the seventh Doctor in a while. Uh, A seventh Doctor story, uh, the the final season, the final classic series season opener, Battlefield, which features the return uh, once again of the Brigadier, Nicholas Courtney. All right, John, let's recap these episodes. Okay, so Partners in Crime. This is uh, series four. It's episode one. We sort of 
started season four with a Christmas mm. special, but this is the official episode one of, of, of uh, the run of the season. As John mentioned, uh, it's uh, we're back with Donna and the 10th Doctor. This aired on the 5th of April, 2008. It's story number 189, just a mm. one episoder. And John has prepared a little clip, which I yeah. will That's play. For you. Sound engineering. No. You're not saying much. No, it's just. It's a funny old life. In the TARDIS. You don't want me. I'm not saying that. But you asked me. Would you rather be on your own? No. Actually, no. But. The last time, with Martha, like I said, it, it got complicated. And that was all my fault. I just want a mate. You just want two mates. I just want a mate. You're not mating with me, sunshine. A mate. I want a mate. Well, just as well, because I'm not having any of that nonsense. I mean, you're just a long streak of nothing. You know, alien nothing. There we are, then. OK. I can come. Ah. Who's that? Who's yeah. I love it. <laughs> it's just... Corky! John is on board. <clears throat> and then the moment you were talking about it happens. We'll talk about that yeah, later. Yeah. Um, just a great moment. And it's uh, it really encapsulates where you do great having Catherine Tate here because great actress. Dave Tennant's obviously a great actor. And well, maybe not obviously. I'm going to say it. Yeah. <laughs> Dave <laughs> Tennant's people. a solid actor. <laughs> yeah. And not up for debate. And then they, so they can have this really tense emotional moment. And then throwing this great joke in the middle of it and then just keep flowing and it just all works. It's great. Yeah. Really, yeah. really nice. And it really okay. captures, this captures the tone of the whole series, season. So, yeah, this is good. Great. Yeah. What, you know, it's almost like I picked the clips to be illustrative of some aspect of almost. the episode. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway. Almost. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. almost. Not quite. Anyway, almost. what happened in it, Porter? Well, here we are. Let me tell you about it. Uh, okay. Donna Noble, we're, we return to Donna Noble, uh, and mm. she's back on Earth, and she's regretting. Remember, she was offered to travel with the Doctor. Yeah. She yeah. said no. She's regretted this, and she's basically been trying to find the Doctor on Earth, and she's become like a conspiracy theorist, and uh, in, in order to like explore these theories to try to find maybe maybe the result from the doctor coming in and screwing someone up and that's why they have this conspiracy theory it, it's, it's logical it actually makes a lot of sense why mm -hmm. hasn't anyone else tried to do it i mean what's sarah jane been doing all this time she's wandering around <laughs> moving around yeah. like, oh i never see him it's like dude he's everywhere he's constantly there yeah so in doing so uh then uh, then then the doctor returns back to earth to investigate something and in 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 kind of pulling at the thread she's pulling at she and the doctor both begin investigating adipose industry which is uh, a diet pill manufacturer which are 
you know, famously really just solid, stable companies, uh, really trusting. Uh, this episode really pulls the rug out from under you by sort of suggesting <laughs> that the industry may be, may be a sham. I mean, really. look. Yeah. If you can count on anything, it's like diet pills and dick pills. Like, yep. and, you know, yep. and that's yep. what our yep. country's built on. That's why I, I always, whenever I get an email advertising either one of those, I click the link because yeah. I know it's legit. I, I buy it's the product work. and then I'm like, where can I invest? And, yeah. and I just send <laughs> right. money. <laughs> right, right. And I buy a whole lot of aluminum sidings. I get a lot of ads for that, too, for some reason. So uh, what they find is that these what these pills are doing is that people take the pills. They seem to be losing weight. But what's happening is that the fat is coming off of their body in these um, uh, these creatures. They be- the fat becomes alive and becomes these little uh, adorable little creatures, adorable yeah. little creatures, yeah. which I'm sure are available as a plush item on the Doctor oh, yes. Who website. Yes. I believe I have bought one or two for for people. Yes. They they spawn at night and and they leave the body. So they, they this happens while the people losing weight kind of don't notice. Or I mean that's right. the idea. So they, this is horrifying. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but I love the, doc- the one that one is running out the cat flap. It's just run, yeah. it, it runs, plops out a guy and then just runs out the door at night. Mm-hmm. It's just so cute. <laughs> it, doesn't he kind of look back and like wink or something yeah. too? Yeah. They're very much like uh, uh, little uh, minions or something. So the doctor and Donna, are, again, are both tracking this down. They both uh, break into the offices of Adipose, not aware that each other's there. And um, as they're just kind of about to crack open the case, I believe they're they're seeing the aliens talk at that point or something. Anyway, they see each other in the office across the room that they're both spying on. They see each other in the opposite windows and they have a great scene yeah. where they're just uh, mouthing words and doing kind of uh, not real, like stupid sign language to one another. <laughs> um, and by the end of the conversation, uh, of course, a, a a classic thing that's done very well is they're having this very long, silent conversation with each other. And when they when they finally like turn to look back to what they were paying attention to with the aliens, they the aliens have just been watching them yeah. in the doors. They're completely found out. <laughs> it's so a it's very, very good silly. Scene. Yes. And, and then again, like you said, that's the tone of this uh, this episode, and it's good to hear that it's the tone of the 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 season where it's fun like it's fun there are stakes but like there there's jokes i mean there's real like there's real jokes to this um and obviously because Catherine tate's here it's not just like david Tennant one-liners thrown off it's like they're they're jokes built into the the plot even so um yes we we meet miss foster who is uh, an alien and she's i don't know if i got this right it's like she is one of the adipose or she's been hired to create the adipose she's like a midwife or she's sort of been hired to, to some sort of role like that yeah and you so she, she is goes alien, and finds she's a, not an adipose yeah she like looks for a fat she looks for a fat planet and by the way found earth i mean yeah, found earth right, this is right. a great <laughs> i mean look hey you know what mind. i don't want to throw the whole planet under the bus but she found <laughs> the uk in the u.s like yeah yeah great job um so uh, so they want to try to stop her because again, this is horrifying. <laughs> and now we see she's kind of accelerating the plan. So now we see these little adorable guys popping off of people all over London. There's a huge army of them. Uh, they prevent this from killing everyone because it was essentially just like beginning to just drain them all dry. Yeah, this is gonna wipe. Them and <clears throat> them, the adipose. Uh, I guess they're called the the first family arrive in a spaceship 
and begin to collect their young in a very uh, close encounters of their i mean it, it, yes. it is the close encounter ship basically right it's right it's a dish yeah. uh classic yeah. dish ship and there's it has the tractor beam you know uh, at the, which they're flying up on uh the doctor tells miss foster um Watch out, they're probably just gonna kill you. <laughs> and she's like, hey, I got this. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trust me. And they do indeed uh, drop yeah, her and kill her. Drop her uh he does not kill the young adipose. Yeah. And Babies. he says because they're children. No. And a whole um, bunch of people lost just lost a lot of weight. I mean, let's be honest, everybody kind of comes out ahead here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, except Miss yeah. Foster. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Um, and I think one person died, right? Yeah, uh, to cover it up, right? The the woman they just turned her all into adipose, right? She just blew up right. and just became a bunch of versus they right. were just taking little bits out of people. Yeah, right, right, right. And so Donna tells him as a kind of a the only nice thing that anyone on the show has ever said about Martha. They said like, "Oh, I think whoever was with you last like actually made you a little bit better person. Like, you know, you you probably would have just murdered all these aliens yeah, yeah. before." <laughs> he's like, "I should have dated that Martha. Man, it was her deal. Why didn't she <laughs> oh, say she anything?" Great, yeah. <laughs> and anyway, and then we get to the scene that where you're talking about where there's, yeah. there's kind of a miscommunication, but basically Donna's like, "Finally, I found you. Here's all my bags. I'm getting the charges. Let's go." And he thinks he's saying no, and, and maybe he is meaning to say no at the beginning, but ultimately he is inviting her on, and she's happy. And so she wants to leave right away, but she says, I have to give my car keys to my mom. And so she runs. I, I guess what it is is that she just, I don't know, she's nearby, but she says, uh, uh, she says, she she meets, so who we see is Rose, okay? Right. So we yep. see Rose. <laughs> Why does she give her the keys? I'm trying to remember she's, I this. I think she's leaving her keys. She leaves her keys in like the trash can or near a trash can or on a ledge or something. And she's basically like, you know, there's a woman. She's coming because she told her mother with a car. She's coming was. like right now, but she yeah, just can't wait for her. Like, yeah. It's like, tell <laughs> why, my mother. Why can't she wait for her? Like, why can't she wait for her? kind of kind of <laughs> oppressive. She's probably like, oh, I don't want to explain this. So, yeah. She's just like, hey, right. here, random stranger. Uh, tell, here are the keys to my car, which is parked around the corner. And instead of stealing it for yourself, tell a woman it's coming. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very trusting moment. But well, yeah. anyway, but we see it's Rose. It's Rose. And so this is what what does this tell us? Well, this tells us that Rose is back in this dimension. She's back, or is she? She fades away. And it also tells, which is like interesting, but it's also like, oh, can we just stop talking about Rose? <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever. But hopefully, it doesn't. We'll we'll see where it goes in this uh, particular season. So that's it, John. What what, what do we miss here? What what else uh, we need to talk about? No, I mean this is I, this is a great episode. Um, it's um it's actually uh it's a season opener that for the first time can be a little bit relaxed. It doesn't have to do that much, right? So nor the last few we've had, uh, you know, the first. Sort of David Tennant, you know, he's he's just getting into the role, so you got to meet the new doctor, and there's a lot going on there. I mean, obviously, you have the Rose, which is the first episode, so you got a lot to do there. Then you've got Martha being introduced uh, uh, in the third season opener, so you got to you know, meet her character and all that kind of stuff. Um, <clears throat> here, we already know Donna, uh, so you don't have to introduce the character. Uh, it's the same doctor. Everybody, you know, it, it's you know, so so it doesn't have to sort of reboot the show again, right? Or or, or explain a whole bunch or introduce a whole bunch of new characters and concepts. Um, so it can be a little bit more relaxed, uh, I think. And I think that's what kind of comes across. The story um, is it's a fun story. It's kind of a neat twist on sort of classic alien invasion story. Uh, and it's you know obviously it's kind of a funny 
uh, story. Um, Donna's character is back. Catherine Tate is back. Um, Again, this was after her Runaway Bride performance. Everybody loved her, uh, or certainly the production team loved her, and they sort of started having conversations about, well, could she actually, or would she actually be willing to do the show uh, full time, uh, and uh, and she was, and she turned out to be free uh, to do it. And so, yeah, they brought her back. They they soften the character a little bit. She's not quite as abrasive, or she's maybe more well rounded than she was before, but she's still, you know, somewhat the, the character. Um, but yeah, obviously, up the humor quite a bit because you know, as we I think we talked about with Runaway Bride, it's kind of got that uh you know um uh you know Cary Grant uh Audrey Hepburn dynamic you know sort of that uh, um uh you know sort of uh crackling 40s comedy right you know you know what I'm talking about uh uh that that type of humor and and sort of interaction between them and they kind of got that here uh which is kind of a nice i mean the season 3 was was pretty dark uh or it certainly was not you know, it been light, light moments but not as 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 light as this um, uh, we didn't talk about in the summary, obviously you get, um, once again, and this is appropriate, maybe that we're recording this on mother's day, but, uh, once again, you get a mother is the main focus uh, of the companion relationship. But again, like we talked about Aaron Sorkin, he focuses on fathers, uh, Russell T Davies, everybody has a mother, uh, that you got to deal with. Uh, so we got Sylvia, uh, Donna's mother, who, uh, does not come off very well in this opening episode, um, contrasted with Wilf, uh, which we talked about, uh, Bernard Cribbins. Uh, we talked about this in the, in the, uh, Titanic episode, uh, but he wasn't supposed to be, uh, in this series. Uh, but the actor who played Donna's father in the runaway bride, uh, had filmed a few scenes, passed away, uh, unfortunately. And so they quickly sort of rewrote, uh, the character to be her grandfather and to, to have uh bernard cribbins bernard cribbins is a very famous british sort of light entertainment guy he'd been in a, in a lot of tv shows and movies and uh very talented sort of multi-talented guy you know a singer dancer actor comedian uh so been around forever so he was pretty well known um i like uh i like that they shut down very quickly the possibility with the joke in the in the you know at the end there i don't you know about a mate but they very quickly are just like, they're not, and they, and they establish, we'll see this in the next couple episodes too. They keep sort of establishing, they're not falling in love with each other. They're not having a room. Like, it's like, I think the last two companions have been sort of like, Oh, if, you know, if you travel with a doctor, then there's going to be this, will they, won't they tension and, and blah, blah. And I think they very consciously were like, not this time. Like there is no possibility. Yeah. The two of them are going to fall in love. Like, okay, everybody. Why? <laughs> Which I like. Right. Cause her, cause her response isn't just like, I'm not interested in you because sometimes when it, when that happens, that discussion happens, it's, it's just a red, it's almost like a red herring because the person says, I'm not interested in you. And you can see their mental thought is, but, or am I, mm-hmm. you know, but, yeah. but, but her response is like, no, you're completely not my type. I want nothing to do with you. Like you seem, you're great. I seem like a great person, yeah. but no, that? no way. Yeah. Like, I, well, I yeah, I, which is, you know, again, it's, 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 it's I mean, I, yes, I get obviously you want to make television shows interesting and things like that. And there's a sort of convention of, um, <clears throat> uh, Oh, well, any man and woman must automatically right. want to sleep with each other at all times. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, so, yeah, it's nice. And this is, well, I mean, even more so if it's a man and woman who, like, enjoy each other's company. Right. And are age appropriate. Or you're yeah. not. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah. That's, I wouldn't put that on <laughs> it at all. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, I mean, honestly, it's, it's funny. It's interesting that, you know, um, Russell T. Davies, obviously, is a gay uh, gay man. Russell T. Davies, also gay folks. Uh, by the way, Mark Gatiss, okay. still, still gay. gay. Still very gay, as far as we can okay. tell. Uh, we're still getting reports in from our 
sources uh, that he's gay. Uh, yeah, and you can become, <laughs> become part of the Mark Gatiss gay team if you just want to tweet into us <laughs> uh, at Porter Mason and let us know. <laughs> if you've yeah, got any word yeah. that he might be slipping uh, into heterosexuality, happens, but uh, just keep an eye out. Anyway, uh, but it's interesting that he, he, you know, Russell Davis, the last two, is focused on sort of relationships between Doctor Companion because I think one of the appeals, Doctor Who's always appealed to gay gay fans. I think one of the appeals is he's not Captain Kirk. He's not trying to sleep with every woman uh, that he encounters. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I, I I liked it. I think it was refreshing that uh, in this case that they they didn't try to create this romance between them. Uh, By the way, note- you know what's funny? You say that, and you don't have to answer this if this spoils anything, but it strikes me as captain jack's kind of pansexuality seems like that would make sense with the doctor to be honest of just kind of like hey he's out traveling around it's kind of up for anything like that yeah. that would kind of make sense to me so i wonder if that ever gets explored in the in the future doctor. yeah we don't really know why he's not he's he's relatively chaste uh it's never really yeah it's never really addressed but yeah you're right it would make it would make sense for him to just be a slut uh <laughs> well no, i just, <laughs> just hop not, in a box and disappear right i mean you don't care <laughs> Sir, I I didn't even mean just that, but just that, like, that it seems odd that the Time Lord would have, like, a sexual preference. Like, it it, it would be like, eh, he would be attracted to any number of species and, like, you know, genders. uh, Yeah, so it does, as we, um, it gets somewhat addressed in the sense of as we get towards uh, the end of the Moffat years and as we start to lay the groundwork for a woman doctor, uh, there starts to be a lot more dialogue about gender being a human you know binary gender being a human thing and uh it's just so much more complicated than that and yes and so they they definitely start to to you know take an expanded view of that uh which is great um good good special effects in this episode so apparently i i cannot give a ton of detail on this but this may be of interest to you as an as an animator of sorts um this was a a special computer program apparently because they have sort of the scenes of the the huge scenes of all the adipose uh, and it was some computer program that uh, allowed them to animate them so that they're all doing different things. Like if you look in those sort of mass scenes, they're moving in different ways. Oh, and yeah. like, and so that actually, I guess, is very difficult to do or very time consuming. And there was some program that actually allowed them to create these characters and then create these large scenes where they're all you know moving independently um, in, a, in a fairly easy way. Right. So they didn't. And so I don't know if it was this, but that particular software uh, kind of was developed and took huge leaps during uh, the Lord of the Rings movies oh, developments okay. yeah. um, when they would so have these big sense. battles and big sweeping arcing shots of like the the ghouls and uh, uh, not ghouls but uh, the orcs and stuff that they were battling. Yeah, they they would have this thing to sort of because the problem with doing it is like you can do that stuff, but how do you go in and painstakingly pick each one to do or thing? Right. So what the program does is sort of with some randomness uh just add in these different yeah, um, behaviors yeah um, motion loops and stuff uh into them to make it appear like they're they're you know uh, doing different things yeah so that's cool i wonder if it was the same thing it probably might very well been this would have been 2000 what do we think it was 2000 well, this is 2008, so I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that could have been around that time. Um, yeah, and then, of course, the big uh, big surprise at the end, and this was a surprise, was Rose, uh, the appearance of Rose. In fact, uh, they actually went so far as to um, – this season premiere, so they sent out uh, copies to the press to review before, and they actually cut that out. Um, uh, they cut her scene out. Uh, so that uh, even the press didn't get it before. So it was a, it was 
the first time anybody saw it was when it was broadcast uh, to keep it kind of a surprise. Um, and uh, yeah, it was sort of a, um, I think there were people who had the reaction you had, which is like, Oh, more Rose. <laughs> really I mean, maybe it'll be cool. Like, you know, but it's sort of like, wow, we just talked so much about her and, and yeah. Yeah. yeah and there, I mean, there was sort of a, you know, I think people, uh, and we'll get to this. I mean, uh, this is obviously a big part of the season arc. Um, and yeah, there were people who were sort of like, well, uh, you know, it was a nice, it was a nice ending for her, uh, in the first, yeah. in, the, in the second series, it was, it was poignant and emotional and blah, blah. And then, uh, you're kind of undercutting that, uh, well, uh, it's this. just like the, also in that show where she came back, a couple things happened there that were like interesting and exciting and surprising. But what they did is ultimately say like. Oh, those things we established a few episodes before with the altered dimension—we never go back. Never mind. Now we can, and so it's like, well, yeah. what am I supposed to believe about any of this? Yeah, um, yeah, nothing's so. ever permanent. This is, yeah, this is a challenge of sci-fi. So I, I will only say uh, that um, I, I don't, I don't have a strong opinion on whether she is necessary or not. But I will say that this series four season finale is. It's a doozy. Uh, let's, I just I won't give you okay. any more than that. But it, um, it it's definitely Russell Davies kind of taking a lap of honor about what he's accomplished in the series, and, uh, and he has it's, accomplished it's something. Quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. There we go. So yeah. Well, uh, 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 next up on the uh, NNTMP uh, software corner, uh, mm-hmm. I will review the software. It's called Massive, Ooh. and it was a package developed by Stephen Regulus. And yes, it was developed in Wellington, New Zealand, uh, during for the the Lord of the Rings films. And uh, it's those. been used in quite a few things. So that was in 2003, but it became uh-huh. sort of a slowly more and more of, a, I guess, a standard. And it's been used even as recently as like Avengers Endgame in that big battle sequence. Oh. So it's been used in lots of stuff. I didn't see that. That's the one where all those actors. That, that, Avengers Endgame is a real. It's, a, it's like the the. I haven't seen it, but I understand it's a real tribute to um, booking agents and sort of schedulers. Right? <laughs> I mean, it <laughs> really is. People together. It is also <laughs> legal um, contracts. Spoilers for Avengers Endgame, but it is also a perfect example of what we just decided, which is like you watch the first movie and it's like everyone died. It really happened. And like I, it, it is impossible <laughs> that they did. And then you know, of course, uh, they do end up. Uh, I mean, I, I, it is important to me that uh, I've I've not seen another one. Uh, but what is important to me is that Chris Pratt survives so that he Chris can does receive my emails. Well, as, as a my- brief aside on this, because here's what I think is actually cool about what they did with this in terms of the idea of bringing people back, which is, by the way, a classic comic book thing is like Superman. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's yeah. a sell a bunch of issues. So in, in this particular thing, again, spoilers for Avengers Endgame and the one before it, Infinity War, um, literally half the not just the superheroes but just like half the planet half the mm. universe actually dies mm. and then uh happen. this the second move that's like the cliffhanger of the first movie essentially is that happened they, they know that that's what they're fighting against they're not able to stop it it happens mm. the second movie three or four years pass and then there's a climactic battle and they're able to um return the people but importantly they don't they're not able to like go back in time to the point so like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Three years were lost. So the people who were left went through three years without those people. And mm-hmm. the people who like died just blinked back into place three years later. So everything in their mm-hmm. life, um, like their daughter grew up, you know, three yeah. years and or their like spouse that. remarried. Like I feel like there's a lot to explore there. And in the movie, <laughs> yes. And in the movie itself, um, that's not totally dealt with that much it's just sort of like we're happy everyone's back and that's where the movie ends 
And to the credit, I will say of the Marvel writers, a lot of these Disney Plus series that they're coming out with pr- mm. after this are actually exploring this of like, mm. wow, what happened? How do you deal with this? Here are the things that come up. So it's pretty interesting, which is, mm. um, you know, they're only able to do in this way now because they have so much money and they can explore with these different movies and now Launch series on Disney Plus. Series, yeah. yeah, they I, can really dive into it. So it's sort of an interesting thing where it's like it was sort of a toss up thing like, hey, everybody's back. But like, oh, let's really dive into this. Um, <laughs> which will not be done in this episode of Doctor <laughs> Who. So. All right, let's move on to the classic episode. So the classic episode we have is Battlefield. Yes, Seven uh, Doctor Returns. <clears throat> season 26. So I'm always a little wary of the seasons yeah, uh, up in yeah. this area. <laughs> um, you, you might be right to do so on this Maybe, maybe story. right. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's story one. We mentioned the Brigadier Returns, but it's the Seventh Doctor. Uh, we have Ace kicking around here. We also have another, essentially another companion who we'll talk about who hangs around the whole time, but uh, <laughs> um, and a bunch of other fun folks. It aired uh, between the 6th to the 27th of September in 1989, so I was about 12. I, mm. I missed this because I was mainly watching uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. On ah, TV. yeah, that's one does. John, would you have watched this when it came out? Well, that's the whole story that we'll, we'll get to. Okay, we'll yeah, get into it's that. It's complicated. Yeah. All right, uh, it's four episodes... And uh, John has a little clip, so I will uh, begin playing that. Uh, we right know now. you of old, Merlin. You will not kill. I will not count on it. Come then. Look me in the eye. End my life. <laughs> it is a weakness, this lack of spirit. Me. Where this man, Mordred? He is steeped in blood. Brigadier, this is not the way. I'm sorry, Doctor. Can Morgane hear me? Yes. Listen to me, Morgane. Leave my world or your son dies. Deathless, Morgane. Save me. Die well. My son. Mother! Knight Commander! Your Majesty. Recommence your attack. Take no prisoners. No! This is our path to fight and die. That's what we're paid for, so let's do it with some style! Yes. All right. Yeah, that sums up the entire story. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we hear some of the great, uh, great music of this era of Doctor Who, which does not age terribly well. All right. Mm. This is another one that I hate to tell you. Uh, the Wikipedia plot summary has been flagged too long or excessively detailed. <laughs> so I'm going to do my best here. But uh, yeah, good luck. Ooh. Good luck. <clears throat> so, Seventh Doctor and Ace. Love Ace. Mm-hmm. Um, Land in the tar- TARDIS in, uh, oh my gosh, in England. Wow. In England. Yeah. Such a surprise. What are the chances? Uh, we hear some explosions and we meet uh, a brigadier from Unit, mm-hmm. but not the one. A new brigadier, uh, yeah. Brigadier Bambera, her name is. Yep. She's in charge of nuclear missiles. Uh, and after the encounter, uh, Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart is told that the doctor returned and he's immediately like, okay, um, 
and he's living like out in the country. Um, yeah, he's kind of very free. nice house. Like I don't know yeah. what he was making money. What he was he was made a lot of money. As a he, he went into some uh, <laughs> government contracting I think, <laughs> yeah, after retirement. Yeah, very nice house. Yeah. Uh, uh, they're they're at a hotel and they meet. This is the woman I'm calling like the the, the other companion who was just added in. Xiao Yong, Xiao Ying, Xiao Yong, who like I don't really know why she's here to be honest, but she's fun. I mean, she's fine. Like yeah, uh, yeah. It's someone just for Ace to talk to, a friend for Ace. It's like it's like they were like let's give Ace a little friend. Yeah, here. what if she had somebody? <laughs> in this uh, uh, synopsis, they say who shares Ace's love of explosives. Which is yes, funny to yes. Me. The the excruciatingly embarrassing boom scene where the two of them say boom back and forth to each other while talking about an oh, explosion. Yeah, yeah. One of the okay. Interesting directorial anyway, choices. Yeah. While in the bar, a knight <laughs> flies into the bar, <laughs> um, and that happens. Mm. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> yeah. Uh, meanwhile uh doctor investigates uh a scabbard that's in the that's in the hotel and the hotel's owner uh, hotel owner has a blind wife who of course the blind by the way are mystical and magical and can <laughs> see all things uh she you recognize her she's played by no. uh the woman who was the pilot yes it's saw it's saw again it's the threads saw is the thread that binds wow. the show together such no, range um, he has that <laughs> it's a uh, it's berger it's the woman pilot not the captain but the pilot from oh, earthshock the, yeah. the the one who kind of looked like b arthur well oh, she's yes, also yes. blind and runs a bar so there you go okay um <laughs> yeah okay Okay, so then uh, Mordred is here. He's uh he's like he's from the past too. He's like the leader of these bad guys. I and mean, he thinks the doctor's Merlin. He was just referring to him as Merlin here. Yeah. Yeah. He believes uh Morgane is his mother? Yes, Morgan Le Fay. <clears throat> uh gosh. And then uh there's a kind of ritual here. Uh, <laughs> we end up There's a uh, lot of laughing in that one scene where he summons her and he laughs for like 20 minutes. Yeah. I mean, what are they trying to do? They're they're trying to. I, I really lost with this. Like, I actually, by the way, I enjoyed these episodes, but man, I I just couldn't follow what was happening. Yeah, yeah. it all culminates in um. There's there's some magic, real magic going on. Yeah. Where at a certain point, there's the old, like, they draw a circle and chuck. What, that is from something else, too, where they draw a circle and the magic can't get through the circle. That mm. is reminiscent of something else. Um, so Ace and uh, what was her name? Xiao uh, Young. Xiao uh, are in the circle kind of, like, protecting this magical sword. This guy, yeah. They, um, yeah, they've got the sword by now, right? Yeah. We've got the sword at that point. Uh, there's eventually a face-off with Morgane. And uh, that's where we sort of see some of this. There's a back and forth. And, uh, you know, so the Brigadier's here, you know, or the Brigadier Retired uh, is here. And, yeah, he's still just great. He's just so entertaining to watch. <laughs> and he he he's such a great, like, uh, character in these stories because he just cuts through all this fuss. And, well, let's just get down over there and talk to him. And, and it's just such a great thing. And that's ultimately the end of the, the stories. He's like, nah, let me just, like. Let me go in there and do this, and I'll take yeah, care of it. Shoot the monster. You know. Yeah, yeah. The silver bullets. Yeah. 
he ends up getting uh the doctor gets out so i'll just talk about more that i don't understand the plot i'll, yeah. I'll just talk about the trappings of what happens we see bessie again yeah bessie bessie's comes back. back big surprise which is really yeah. fun yeah. uh we see just a glimpse of the brigadier because previously when we saw the brigadier he was not married he was living alone yeah um so now he's married and we just get a little glimpse at the end of like him and his wife and it's sort of a classic little thing of like well his wife's actually bossing him around you know and uh that was a really cute moment and um yeah and then ace is fun and again uh shao young seems like she's just gonna she's just gonna hang out like maybe she's going (laughs) on the tardis i don't think she does but like no it's also a great moment uh and and, uh, we'll talk about the writer a bit but it's a great moment um where Apparently, they suddenly realize they've got all this extraneous cast, right? They, they've got the guy who runs the dig. They've got the bartender. They've got his wife. Yeah. Who, she's blind, but then she becomes unblind with Morgane. And, and like they've got all these characters. And then they just suddenly load them on a truck and ship them off. They're like, uh, it's not safe for you to be here. And like, <laughs> you just put them on a truck and send them away. Like, oh, yeah, I feel like the it's writer kind of got in a corner there. <laughs> it's a very poochy, like, I have to go away now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that, I should say my last thing, and then I just want to hear what you have to say. But I'd love to hear when you first saw, saw this one, because it seems like it would have come out when you're actually watching it. Um, this I keep saying the sword. It, the sword is Excalibur. Like the idea is that this is Excalibur. And this Arthur is... is in the ship under the water, right? It's the whole right, thing with right. The, the body so then it's so it's it's tied into Arthurian legend, and um, you know, it's all very in, interesting, and that's why they call him Merlin and, and whatever. <laughs> but um, and it's interesting anyway. uh, as we've never really encountered this before, and it's it's a surprising that it's uh, it is used more. I think in the new series a couple times, but it is surprising it's not a device used more. It's basically a future doctor. Merlin is a future doctor. Mm. Uh, and so we've never, and, and so, yeah, I mean, it's sort of, it sets up a lot of, a lot of stuff that happened in the books, the novels, the new adventures and stuff. But like, you know, he leaves a note for himself. It's like, oh, you know, dear doctor Merlin, you know, Arthur died in final battle, all the rest propaganda or something like that. It's like, it's sort of all of this. It, it's very, it's the first time we'd ever encountered the doctor uh, experiencing the effects of something that some one of his future selves did hmm. uh, and he wasn't aware of. So it was an interesting, that's an interesting storyline. Well, one last thing is uh, when the Brigadier does uh, just kind of show up and just John shoot McLean the- and just shoot the <laughs> chest, he says, get off my world. <laughs> it's great. It's a great line for him because it sounds kind of like get off my lawn. It's <laughs> like this old man. Um, so I love that. Yeah, he just shoots him in the chest. It works. Yeah. So I just great. do the best I can. Yeah. I just do the uh, best I can. Yeah. So so this is um you're right. This this came out while I was in active uh actively watching Doctor Who. Uh but at the time, of course, I was watching on PBS. Uh and PBS was this was not like you know, BBC America, which is broadcasting the new episodes the same evening like PBS would like right, yeah. buy like some episodes they, they sort of randomly bought packages of episodes and they would often air them out <laughs> well, of that order. was like how they showed monty python yeah, the same exactly. thing. just yeah. random collection stuff they'd air them out of order uh they famously in the very early days they used to actually edit them together into movies and they actually mm. got a guy to narrate to to fill in some of the story right to narrate over like the beginning of the episodes or whatever and explain what was going on it's actually the guy who uh played ben franklin in the movie 1776 is the, oh, is the, yeah, yeah. Is the narrator um the narrations are often wrong you can find them on youtube you can find some of them and they're usually wrong uh or they mispronounce things or they have characters it's very it's very amusing so anyway um so what you're getting on pbs is very random so and of course, howard de silva howard de silva there you go and then before um 
the internet. I, I know everybody just gather mm-hmm. yourselves. There used to be a pre-internet. Uh-huh. Uh, the only way there was no way to find out about I, I, the only way I found out about Doctor Who was through buying these giant reference books that they would put out every once in a while. So there'd be I, I bought Doctor Who Celebration, which is the 20th anniversary book, and then I bought Doctor Who uh, uh, this 25th anniversary book, uh, and it talked about the season ahead. And then occasionally I would get a hold of a Doctor Who magazine, which was coming out, and which would occasionally talk about stuff that was coming. But like I, you know, I didn't. I found out there was a seventh Doctor and what he looked like by buying this 25th anniversary book. And he'd already been the seventh wow. doctor for like two, two years, three years. Yeah. Um, so, so I had, so this is one of the rare episodes. So that final, uh, that final season, um, uh, you know, I, um, I was aware it was coming, but I, I wasn't you know, able to watch it as it was coming. So this is actually one of the rare episodes where I ended up watching um, the, uh, I was watching, I actually read the book, the novelization. Uh, okay. So I read this before I I watched it, uh, and the book. Well, then you uh, would have been able to follow the plot much better. Yes, because the book is excellent. Uh, it's by uh, so this story is written by Ben Aronovich, who uh, the poor guy. He does all these interviews. He's a he's a very well known sci fi author now. He wrote Remembrance of the Daleks in the season before this, which is one of the all time great Doctor Who episodes. We'll watch it soon, but it's one of the all time classics. Uh, and he wrote it and it was wonderful and everybody loved it. And so it was very exciting that Ben Aronovich was going to write this big story. Um, and then he does all these interviews where he's like, it was a total disaster. He's like, I don't know what happened. Like, I, 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 was, it, I had an idea. Um, you know, he loves to point out, and this is true, this was the season opener. This was the, the big opening for this final, they didn't know it was the final season, but for the 26th season. Um, and he's like, it opens in a garden center. It opens with the big reveal of the special guests are picking out a tree uh to go he's like it's not the most action-packed opening <laughs> it could possibly be uh, <laughs> so the book is much better uh it takes if you so what's supposed to be happening is the arthurian legends are supposed to be in a parallel world uh like a parallel universe um and is sort of bleeding over into this universe to sort of a cross of insulin escapes to this universe to try to find merlin and or to try to find arthur uh, who I guess had escaped also through Merlin or whatever, uh, final battle and Morgan is pursuing them. Uh, and so it, it sets that up much better, it explains that story much better about sort of this other world, like Avalon, uh, which is, uh, you know, where all this is supposed to be happening. Uh, and it sets up the story much better. You actually can, it's much easier to follow and who these people are um, and, and why. Uh, and then, you know, uh, it does a lot with the Arthurian legend, obviously, um, the brigadier was supposed to die. Uh, the, the producer kind of said, uh, John A. Turner, when they were putting this together and they were writing it, kind of went to Nicholas Courtney and they said, Hey, you know, we're thinking we want to write out the brigadier and this, this very exciting ending where he, he, you know, sacrifices himself, uh, for the planet and, and blah, blah. And they were, he was like, yeah, I think that'd be great. You know, it'd be a great ending for the character. And, you know, I'm getting old. I'm not gonna be able to play this guy forever and, and blah, blah. Uh, and then they wimped out. They were kind of like, I think the writers were like, no, we love him too much and we can't kill him. <laughs> they wouldn't do that. Um, uh, so, yeah, it's um, unfortunately, um, uh, and, and it's, they got some good actors. Uh, Jean Marsh, who plays Morgane, she is actually a really well-known television actress. Uh, uh, she uh, this is a very famous show, Upstairs, Downstairs. It's kind of the yeah. 
precursor to Downton Abbey. Yeah. Uh, she's the creator of that. She wrote it and starred in it. Uh, and uh, and so, you know, she's very well known uh, from that. She actually had been uh, she's she is regarded as a companion to the doctor. She played Sarah Kingdom. Uh, who's in a only in one story, the Daleks' master plan, but travels in the TARDIS as a companion, and and by wild coincidence, uh, in that story she plays Nicholas Courtney's character's sister. Uh, Nicholas Courtney was also in that first Doctor story, so <clears throat> interesting connection there. Um, maybe, uh, the special effects <laughs> are a disaster. Uh, I mean, the, you know, you have these sort of sad yeah. looking knights and their guns are like little sparklers. Like, like, <laughs> little, they're little moments sparks. like, um, the destroyer is impressive. The demon is yes, a very good effect. Yes. That's Who what I was going to say. The demon is very cool. Who then and, just walks um, around and then blows up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, some of the other stuff is foolish and just the, the battle scenes themselves look very, to, I was mentioning before we started the podcast that my wife, when she she happens to tune into Doctor Who, especially the classic episodes, and to her it strikes her as like this looks like some high school um, film <laughs> class that everybody was like, hey, can you bring over your sword so we can <laughs> film a couple of things for my thesis film? And like that's yeah. what the battle episodes look like. Yeah, it's like yeah. hey, let's find the staff of medieval times and tell them to like go have fun for a little bit. And we're gonna film it and give them sparklers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. It, there's a very amusing bit of uh, they really. <clears throat> There's supposed to be a nuclear missile convoy trapped in the lake, which they really <laughs> kind of film around. You get like some trucks around, but there's really not. <laughs> it's not quite brought home. Uh, I will mention that there's a uh, the the most famous behind the scenes moment in this uh, is the scene where Ace is trapped in the water tank, uh, and and remember she she. They're being chased by the little green special effect around the uh, spaceship. She runs for no readily apparent reason into a tiny closet, uh, which then closes over her. Uh, it's apparently it's the airlock, or it's going to put her out of the water. It begins to fill with water, uh, and you know clearly what's yes. actually happening. She's in, a, you know, and it's slowly she's floating in water. Um, <clears throat> and so uh, uh, during the first take of this scene. They had built the um, uh, the plastic was not thick enough, and so the um, it broke, uh, <laughs> and the water started to flood out into a studio full of electric cables and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and uh, and so they had to pull. It was a very, I guess, it was, she was actually in a lot of danger. Like she apparently, according sure, right, to the stories, right. Sylvester McCoy ran over. Uh, to you know, try supposed to in the scene try to rescue her, uh, and he realized the glass was bulging out, and he's like, "Oh, this is gonna break!" And then a minute later, it breaks, and and nobody knew what was going on except him, and so he was like, "Pull her out! Pull her out! You have to pull her out!" And so like he was, it was him telling them what to do, and they're like, "Oh, okay," and they they rescued it. So that became that was a, that's the big behind the scenes story there, um, and that's also why this was. Uh, the first of three or four aces that they just went through. Yeah, yeah right. They just burned through aces for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, Xiao Young, the character, the actress played Xiao Young, played her for the next three episodes. <laughs> That's like, right, oh, right. She's, just she's Asian now. <laughs> seamless. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, uh, no, it's um, uh, it's it's a great, it's nice to see the Brigadier back. Uh, they actually, if the series had gone on another season, they were going to bring Bambera back. Uh, he was going to encounter a, a unit again, and she was kind of kind of become a new regular. I was just uh, going to say, I liked there. What to the point of what we said earlier, I I did like the little her and the knight just suddenly becoming a thing by the end. Um, you know that they're interested in one another because again, it's a man and a woman. They seem to get along. Eh, they're probably having <laughs> sex. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Um, a couple, there are a couple of good lines. I love the, um, uh, uh, well, they, they, first of all, they make unit, I'll, I'll give them credit. They finally make unit international group, right? You've got the French helicopter pilots, yes. the yeah. Czechoslovakia, like you, before a unit was supposed to be this international organization that was all British people. <laughs> uh, I love the line, you know, whenever this doctor chap shows up, all hell breaks loose. It's a great line. Um, uh, but I also love Nicholas Courtney gets my favorite line of the episode where Mordred is like, my mother will destroy you. And he goes, Frank Lanson, I'm getting a little bit tired of hearing about your mother. <laughs> <laughs> themes, 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 you gotta love them. Themes, themes, grow up on themes. Themes, themes, oh, we gotta love them. Themes. That's uh, an old Tin Pan Alley theme. I need theme, some uh, little crackling, a little crackling static <laughs> yeah. effect. Yeah, in the background. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um yeah that's an old tin pan alley theme uh yeah. theme song what's the now i'm just thinking about uh, uh electric tie lag electric tie lag <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, electric yes. that's an old mr yes. show bit uh kids uh uh action hero bob odenkirk uh yeah. used to be on a show called mr show <laughs> all right digression that's have you seen show. that movie i kind of i kind of want to see it uh nobody right it. It looks fun yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued i mean because think about up. like Liam Neeson in Taken, which fun movie. I haven't mm. seen Taken 17 and all the sequels, but like <laughs> the first Taken was pretty good. And it's sort of like, well, what if Liam Neeson were being funny during these also? Like, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> and oh. by the way, Liam Neeson is very funny, mm. uh, but not in Taken. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, anyway that's anyway, the Taken cast uh, <laughs> and the Odin cast, uh, which yeah. we also have uh, about one of those. And not to be confused with the Odin space cast which is about uh, the norse god odin those are yeah, all yeah. different podcasts all different <laughs> in the john and porter podcast averse yeah we've um, got to get working on those Whew. a lot of those are still in the can i just haven't gotten them <laughs> out uh the so there isn't so much a feed to yeah, subscribe to yeah. but um anyway uh right now we're talking about dr who and we're talking about themes yeah. and uh, some things that happen throughout the episodes or perhaps that uh, touch larger things uh in dr who or throughout storytelling in general john yeah. grant uh let me ask you the five artist way questions <laughs> uh where are you going who are you now who do you want to be and what are the themes in these episodes yeah, yeah i'm just gonna skip to the last one because i don't the other answers are would create an existential crisis that we just don't have time for <laughs> podcast uh yeah no, i mean that's interesting to talk about Again, my loose hook that I, I yeah. linked these two on is returning uh, returning characters, um, and it's interesting to compare. I mean, so so Battlefield would be uh, the Brigadier would have last appeared in '83 in Modern Undead, which we just we watched not long ago. Yeah. That was the last time he ago. showed up. Uh, so that's six seasons, six years um in a in a show that is you know as loosely i mean so it's interesting right a doctor who's is, a, is serialized and episodic right there's there's, there's there's you know four episodes linked together those are obviously closely connected to tell one story but story to story um it's not always a t you know a trial of time would be an exception but there's not usually much of a linking theme yeah and so you can dip in and out of the stories and things like that. <clears throat> um, so, you know, it's interesting, the Brigadier. So right, let's see, the Brigadier returns in 83 for Modern Undead, does that one episode, but really hasn't even been a regular in the series since 1974, I think. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, year, 14 years. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's sort of like, OK, you know, you bring back this character in this sort of loosely held together series that is a kid's show. Um and you know, again, kind of interesting is: Are you, uh, um, 
are, are, what is the likelihood that people who watched it in 1975 are still watching it in 1989? Um, it was definitely more fan driven uh, or more popular with fans, but that's also why it was canceled that year. <laughs> like it, it was, you know, the ratings were going low and, you know, it wasn't like you normally with a kid show. Um, I'm trying to think it'd be like, it would be like if Sesame street brought back, you know, I mean, he's dead, but let's say Mr. What's his name? Mr. Hooper, right. Whoever owned the store. Yeah. Uh, like if they suddenly brought him back, you know, this season, then obviously that'd be big news because they would have brought him back from the dead. But let's imagine the actor was still alive and it just left the show. You know, what are the kids? Is anybody watching Sesame Street going to be like, ooh, Mr. Hooper's been like, no, of course we never see So this sort of like is is bringing back the Brigadier and Bessie and all these references. I mean, they mentioned Liz Shaw and there's a lot of continuity references to the story. Is that, is that, you know, is that going to be interesting to the audience at the time? Now you compare that now to modern who, uh, to new who, um, and obviously bringing back Rose, it's just two seasons later, first of all, but also you probably can count on, I, I, I feel like loyalty to shows is much more, it's, it's just much more, people are much more dedicated, right? Or people kind of stay with the show again. And we're only talking four seasons here, but, um, all right, let's let's let's. You know what? I'm just going to rip this bandit off. A lot of people are thinking the same thing I am, which is if you watch CSI Miami season six, yeah. uh, which I'm currently doing right now, uh, and they brought back Speedle, who was this character who was killed in season one, and I just had him suddenly he just popped up in an episode of the show, uh, and it was sort of like you're supposed to. Everybody was sort of supposed to know who he was. Um, it was it was just an you know it was uh, it's hard to explain. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, again, it's like okay. CSI is very episodic, right? I mean, yes, they do have some arcs and links and things like that, but very episodic. And again, is this appealing to people? So yeah, I mean, the nostalgia theme is sort of like, when do you, when do you bring these things in? Are they detrimental to a show? Uh, Why do you bring these things in? Uh, And do they, you know, when does it work and when does it not work? Um, And, you know, as, as we, as we're going to see with Dr. Who, uh, in the new series as it goes along, we're going to get a lot more callbacks to both new series stuff and classic series stuff. Um, and I don't know. I, I, do you, do you like what do you do? You, I mean, you, well, you said you enjoyed seeing the Brigadier back, even though you've only ever seen him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I just really like him as a character. He's, uh, it's one of those things where he's not believable. Um, <laughs> like he's a cartoonish character but it's done with such heart and and uh he just sells you on it the actor and so he's just very endearing to me so i'm sort of excited that it's like i haven't even seen most of his episodes i already <laughs> like him um so i enjoyed seeing him back i enjoyed him kind of um it made sense to me at least that he you know, especially at the end, like he literally, he just kind of takes over. He's like, well, I, I got it. Yeah, I've been on this, I've been on this <laughs> show before. <laughs> yeah. So it's like he kind of puts Sylvester McCoy to the side a bit and, and takes over. That, I think that's also nice, too, is that you have someone who is able to stand up to the doctor. Yeah. Um, He's not cowed by the doctor. And even even after, you know, just again, seeing some of the plot lines I've seen, he's often his particular you know, brand or problem solving is at odds with the doctor. He's often wrong about that, but he's a classic like army higher up person, which is like, he's been trained to just kind of believe his instincts and keep moving forward. So he's not swayed by that. And he's not like, 
oh, the doctor, I must listen. Yeah. So I, I think he's just a great character on the show. It, like, it's a good and point. so I like seeing him. It's a good point because it is also, I mean, the nice, the, the thing you can have bringing these characters back is um, <clears throat> sort of the, yeah, the, the authority of the relationship. Like normally, you know, again, thinking of my CSI shows and, and my crime shows and stuff like that, you can usually tell um, when a character, a new character who's been introduced is about to be killed uh, is because suddenly we're finding out stuff about them, right? Like suddenly, like, you, you know, there'll be this new incidental character introduced, a cop or something, or or the one of the cops will start dating someone and we'll suddenly see them pop up for about two or three episodes and we'll start to find out things about them. And you're just like, oh, yeah, this, this person is definitely going to be disemboweled. Uh, <laughs> like uh, yeah. Clearly trying to build a relationship with us as the viewers so that we're shocked. And, you know, it's like, oh, no, this character. And, uh, and you know, you have to, you have to work at that. Uh, but then, you know, it's interesting. You can then, then just take, you know, if, if you can, maybe even if you're not a long-term viewer, but you still know, like, okay, this character, we know this character's been around. And I know this actor has been around. And there is, a you know, even though... It's weird, of course, the Doctor Who, because the the actor is supposed to be relating to the Doctor as if they are old friends. But, of course, it's a new actor entirely. It's, it's not like Nick Courtney and, and Sylvester McCoy have been working together for 30 years. Right. Uh, but you still sort of are like, oh, yeah, they, they know each other. They're in a relationship or whatever. So, yeah, it, you can use these um, and, you know, to, to go into stay in the genre, but into another series. Um, <clears throat> you can use these characters who have long relationships with the series it does buy you some some storytelling cred like like i thought the uh the new star trek movies um they tried to uh they tried to redo wrath of khan right in the second one right star trek or into darkness or whatever i think this uh, is the second or third time we've talked about this yeah not this well, is they, not this specific point but the, that, that movie, movie. <laughs> anyway but, i mean yeah they they tried to sort of be like ah look oh these people are are such great friends and you know and blah, blah and, and they've been you know oh we're so invested in the relationship between kirk and spock and blah blah and you're just saying like yeah they've only been in one movie together. yeah <laughs> like, 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 <laughs> star trek 2 those people those actors i know have been around for 30 years and have, they were in a series together and they know each other and they've done movies and they have all and there is a little bit of that uh yeah this person's actors invested in the series and that just gives them a little bit more credit it's kind of it is interesting i i the the knowledge of the behind the scenes connection feeds into your well, impression of the and then to re- you know related across the two the thematic is like that's sort of the intention not throughout the whole episode but just by the throne of the end of like uh-huh and rose is here yeah. what do you think about that <laughs> and it's sort of like uh and our reaction is more of oh uh, okay uh <laughs> <laughs> there's not a oh wow rose is back i mean it's a shortcut to my emotion for rose and yeah and again i feel like what they're doing is um i don't dislike rose at all as a character i enjoyed her as a companion but i feel like they're making me like her less slowly over time because they're thrusting too much on her and making yeah. her more important than she needed to be um and and well, so we'll see how it goes yeah but like, and, and there's a weird you know again <clears throat> see i don't know if this, again i'm going to my crime shows just because <clears throat> they have sort of similar episodic style to them um like ncis i've been watching ncis for 20 seasons uh and um because i'm a 70 I'm a year old grandmother um <laughs> but uh uh 
there'll be callbacks to things that happen. Like I'll, I'll be sitting and watching with Mike and there'll be, you know, callbacks to things that happened like eight seasons ago. And I'll be like, Oh, that's Ziva's brother. And he was, and it's like a soap. You know, it's, it's got, it gives you a soap opera feel. Right. And there's, and actually soap operas do this very well in many ways. Right. You can, the, point no one has ever it's not like you can go back and be like oh i better i want to you know i want to watch days of our lives let me go back to when it was on the radio and <laughs> start watching like they're designed that you can drop in at any time and right. you know maybe in a week or something you can you can become invested or you can pick up on stuff but also at the same time they pay off storylines or call back to things that happened you know years ago or you know i mean how many you know they'll bring back oh so and so stefano's back and even though he was beheaded uh and shredded last time you know he survived <laughs> <laughs> he pieced it together uh and uh and you know and people who've watched it for a long time can be like hey that's great i know stefano and people who haven't can be like no i feel like the rose return I, I, I'm guessing, you know, I, I'm guessing the production team, everybody else was like, you know what? We're four seasons in. We're very popular. Everybody, almost everybody's seen it from the beginning. And maybe streaming changes this, right? Everybody, you know, again, uh, uh, <clears throat> you can you can start at the beginning now in most series. And, and I think it's what a lot of people do, right? Is they'll sort of be like, all right, you know, uh, for Doctor Who, I usually have people either jump on at Rose uh i also sometimes say if you want to skip the nine talk to you start with david Tennant, uh or often uh matt smith coming up the uh opening story for his is kind of a reboot in many ways and you can jump on there uh but yeah in general people can go back and see and you know when battlefield came on of course um you couldn't they were starting to come out with videotapes um but you know for the most part it wasn't like people were going to be able to go back and be like oh i like this brigadier fellow let me go back and watch his his collection of stories you couldn't uh and so yeah it's just uh i guess how we approach these things has has changed over the years i send people right to you know the canine chronicles or whatever that's that's how that's how i started you i was like you know what yes i know (laughs) All right, John. Uh, that was a great, that was a rollicking frolic of a theme section there. Yeah, we got to some cop shows. We got Star Trek. We got to, we, we covered a lot of ground. A lot we of get, fun. A lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. So now we rank the episodes. So to hmm. date, we've ranked uh, 66 of these episodes. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to rank we're the 67th people. and 68th. So I'll go first. Uh, rank Partners in Crime and so and, and Battlefield. Interesting in these for me. Um I really like Partners in Crime. I didn't. I do think the Adiposians are cute and stuff, but uh, I I got like a little in a very different way than this. But it reminded me a little of like the Sladeen or whatever, where like the bad guy was just a little not invested in. Mm-hmm. Didn't totally love, but love the return of Donna um, and love a lot about it. So it ended up um, higher than I thought. I would actually put it just above. Um, uh, related episode because the brigadier was a comeback brigadier episode i put it just one ahead of modern undead at, mm. at uh number 20 on my mm. list is partners in crime is where i put that just below utopia hand of fear um and then battlefield uh i i didn't like that much but i again the brigadier i uh, but i like sylvester mccoy by the way i like mm. the seventh mm. doctor and i like ace so i kind of just like liked everybody here i like chu young too i was like eh. There's a lot of personality here, Um, but the plot was confusing and a little weird. So 
I put it um, just below Ark in Space, which I have a little lower than, but I have it right mm. near Rose. So mm. Rose reminds me a lot of Partners in Crime. Mm. Um, actually, that's what it was. It wasn't so much reminded me of the Solidian, but it did remind me of Rose in that the first, and they must do this purposely, but like the kind of baddie in the first introduction one is sort of like just kind of there in the background, not too interesting so that you can focus on Donna, in this case, yeah. Donna and their doctor getting to know one another. And it was the same in Rose. You just had these automatons that they were, yeah. you know, the, the awesome. yeah. so I had kind of battlefield right, right around there. Um, and that clocks in at number 39 hmm. out of 68 for hmm. me. Mm-hmm. What about you? What'd you do? Well, once again, you're wrong. Yeah. Oh, but, God. Um, yeah. Uh, the correct answers folks, uh, for those playing at home. No, um, uh, I like partners in crime. I, I think it's a solid, uh, story. Um, you know, as I kind of went through it, I was like, it, it's just fun. It's a fun story. Um, I love the Dr. Donna dynamic. I like the fact that they brought her back. I love Bernard Cribbins. I think that the whole Wolf story is is sort of cute. Uh, I mean, I love at the end when they fly, didn't they go and fly by him? I, well, first of all, I love the joke of him. You know, he's got the telescope and he's always looking for aliens. And then he's yes, yes, yes. Back. I love that. He's got his back to the adipose uh, as the giant yes. spaceship that going by. But in the end, the Donna flies by, and you know, and I like that. Um, I, we, I talk about this because they do obviously run back into Wilf and uh, and Sylvia through the season. But um, uh, I like how it's just it's kind of different that it's all out there, right? Donna's just like tells him everything. Like there's this guy, he's an alien, he travels in the space of time. I want to hang out with him. Uh if you see a blue box, like that's what I'm looking you mean, for. He tells her her uncle he, or whoever. Yeah, it is. He, she just tells Wolf the whole story, right? Uh which is kind of fun. I thought that was kind of fun. Uh yeah. but anyway, um so yeah, I put um Partners in Crime. Uh I put it just uh, at number 21, just below Dalek and just above 42 in Gridlock. Oh, uh, that was a near miss. We almost ranked it exactly the same. Yeah. Tw- I got 20 or 21. That is close. Oh, wow. Close. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, in a bunch my... of balloons would have fallen down <laughs> from the ceiling if that had happened. It's in my solid, solid new series episode, rewatchable fun, um, not momentous. Uh, you know, it doesn't have quite the the, the, the grand yeah. Yeah. momentousness of it, but it's a great story. Battlefield, definitely down the list uh, for me. I've yeah. got it at number 51. Uh, right next to Modern Undead, maybe unconsciously just putting all the Brigadier Comes Back stories together. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm in agreement with you. I think um, uh, I think it it is a disaster of story, special effects wise and everything else. But it's just like the sheer like let's bring back the Brigadier and Bessie and it's Arthurian yeah. Knights and we're all having a good time. Everybody's having fun, folks. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It feels like you're watching the show and it's like the host of a party going around like, you guys have drinks? Let me get you some. Oh, we got pigs in blankets and we got, yeah. come on, come on, enjoy yourself. You're interest flagging. Here's Bessie. And like, oh, it's not, it, it does not. And again, it, it also does get a little bit of credit for me from, from reading the book first. Uh, it hangs together much more for me uh, than uh, than it does just watching. I remember watching it for the first time uh, uh, on video and being very excited about it and be like, ah, this, this is like, this is a great episode, right? And then watching it and be like, oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Battlefield at number 51. Well, let me p- yeah. pop Plug it, it in into the, the old system. Yeah. Supercomputer here. So it was interesting. I don't, that on a floppy I'll have to, I have to really think through this math, but we we both ranked partners in crime. You I did twenty. You did twenty first. But in the combined ranking, it goes up to sixteen. So I have to mm. think about why that happens. Um, I guess just others we other rankings, yeah, ranked <clears throat> differently. Anyway, um, and then Battlefield comes in at number forty seven, which kind of split <laughs> the difference between um, us for that. So our top still Inferno, the Aztecs, mm-hmm. Blink, mm-hmm. Uh, the Runaway Bride, Tooth and Claw up there, and that's kind of our top. Um, 
top five. Yeah. And then uh, bringing up the rear, uh, the mind robber, fear her, time lash, edge of destruction. Interesting. Looking at our top ten, uh, all three of the Christmas specials. We like we like the holidays. The we Bride, That's Christmas Vacation, Boy to the End, all of it. If you are on the holidays, we like you. I do think those Christmas specials. I mean, and smart of them too because they're well designed to be like hey if you're just kind of checking in because you're off on christmas and you're like oh i heard they had a new doctor who yeah uh you know tv show out like i heard they started doing doctor who again like you'd really be sold by those i think all of them and then and then and then you'd watch the next episode be like wait where are all the characters i just (laughs) (laughs) what happened to kylie minogue (laughs) what happened to kylie minogue (laughs) oh god kylie minogue (laughs) again tragic four click lift accident yeah to uh, the character played yes, by yes, Kylie Minogue. Yeah. And Speaking it, it of, oh, go ahead. It, it, well, no, she drove a forklift into a. We, we make it sound like there, she was backed, like she was just walking around, and she got <laughs> hit by a forklift, which would have been a terrible ending. I don't think that happened. <laughs> just, yeah, just like a just a maintenance guy just drove by and ran her over with a forklift, and they were like, oh, killed Kylie Minogue. Speaking of Kylie Minogue, we're gonna shift over to our uh, our 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 talk back section of oh, the podcast. Yeah. Uh, and so we're mainly, this is called uh, let's talk to Paul. Yeah. Hey, Paul. Um, so, uh, <laughs> this is at naturally Paul on Twitter. Um, and he, uh, reached out to me again to try to jog my memory about what songs Kylie Minogue sings. Yeah. And he sent me one of them for the life of me. I have just, uh, this one is called can't get you out of my head, which I'm familiar with. can't get you out of my head, the ELO song, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm not familiar with, the, with Kylie Minogue's, uh, this and i i just i told him i feel like i'm living in like a different dimension i'm not aware of uh kylie minogue I'm, i know the name very well but I, yeah i yeah. thought she was i in my mind i was thinking of um no, what's that song torn uh natalie brulia that that mm. in my mind was kind of another like a one-hit wonder woman Kylie Minogue was not a one-hit wonder. She had many. No, many apparently. Hits, but... no. I, I'm I'm in this. I mean, I should as a gay person. Apparently, I should know her. Like she's very popular amongst our people. Uh, um, yes. <clears throat> I know her most though from. No, her John, appearance. are you culturally gay or do you observe? <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I'm not observant. <laughs> very not orthodox at all. Oh okay, uh, okay. I know. I know her better through her guest appearance on an episode of Vicar of Dibley. Uh, oh. Which again is not really probably. Where most so you just watch Kylie Minogue appear at all these British yeah, TV she shows. Other things, I'm like, she must be famous. Um, it's very, very funny in the episode, uh, and um, yeah, it's um, uh, yeah. Uh, and Paul also so points me, out, oh yeah, oh uh, yeah. I was just gonna, yeah. What Paul mentions is that uh, the he's she's the disco queen of of the UK. She's overtaken Madonna. She had number ones every decade since the 80s. Yeah. Um, she hasn't done a lot of acting since. Uh, she agreed to do Doctor Who because her chief, and he mentions very gay, very. Uh, stylist, is a big Doctor Who fan. So it was a favor to him. Mm-hmm. And there's a making up documentary about it. And uh, it sounds very interesting. Yeah, we haven't checked that, folks. We're just uh, probers. We're just we're just taking Paul on on his word here. Uh, yeah, that's true. I did not he's, fact check. <laughs> he's British and he likes Doctor Who. So we're accepting that he knows what he's talking about here. But, you know, if, if uh, I'm, I don't want to get into the middle of something between Kylie Minogue's people and Paul's people. So if if you guys right. if there's a beef here if you if somebody's saying something about yeah, somebody you guys deal with that yourself. I wanted to mention too, uh, Paul having to reach out and 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 he mentioned that he had listened to the podcast while he was walking his dog. We'd love to hear uh, mm-hmm. what do you do when you when you're listening? Are you like you know air traffic controlling? What <laughs> what are you doing when you're listening yeah. to the probe? Stabbing a pillow with scissors <laughs> in rage. Like wait what what is this what is this podcast invoking you? 
right. and you can reach out to me uh, at Porter Mason. And I, you know, the, the probers will know the drama of my uh, near the trigger finger of going to cancel my Twitter account. Yeah, I've since kind of restarted. I'm a cartoonist, and I've started doing more of my cartoons. So actually, if you do want to follow me at Porter Mason on Twitter, <clears throat> excuse me, you'll start to see some of um, my cartoons and comic strips that I put out there. You can reach out to me there. And of course, you can email us mm. uh, at porter at mindprobe.show or john at mindprobe.show. And, and mindprobe. I just checked yep. and I have not received any emails. Let me check. Let me check. Um, and you can go to mindprobe.show, by the way, to, mm. to see the rankings that we just described. You can also see the watch order if you want to watch along yep. with us. By the way, it's kind of a mistake on our part. Not only could you watch along with us, you could just watch ahead of us and record the podcast ahead of time <laughs> and just finish yeah. this off. And, and yeah. then you could write us and be like, just call it a day. I did it. Like, yeah. we already did it. Yeah. Um, so you could definitely do that. My probe. That'd be a really interesting move if people just finished up the, and they're just like, yeah, we already, we already it's done. Uh, yeah. We wanted to stop. We wanted to mercy kill this. So <laughs> we did it ourselves. And why of course, was, it, why are some of these paired? See, but the problem is you can't get in. You can see the pairings. Yes. You can see the pairings. But, but why? why? Yeah. Why? You can't yeah. to get into the, the, the button down spiral staircase mind. Uh, <laughs> you've got to listen to each episode. Like the upcoming episode. Yeah. You know, good luck to you if you can see the connection before before I explain it. Yeah. No, they can't. They can't. Yeah. Yeah. You're never going to get it. Never going to guess. Please it. subscribe to the podcast because uh, then you know what will happen? You'll get each episode every other week. Uh, you're going to get uh, the next episode. And John, why don't you talk about what's in store for us the next episode that, yeah, again, yeah. there's no way they'd be able to yeah. figure out what this yeah. is on yeah. their own. You're going to concentrate, folks, and you might yeah. be able to put it together. But uh, next episode, Donna takes her first official journey in the TARDIS uh, back in time. going to go back in time. Uh, she heads back to ancient Rome uh, to experience the fires of Pompeii. And we have paired that with a first doctor story called the Romans where the doctor what, goes back to ancient Rome in the time of Nero. Now I, uh, okay, now what's you the fe- link piece together. Yeah. You piece it together. I, it oh, you're not even going to tell me the link. No, no, I got, you got to work it out. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to spoil your stories, but uh, <laughs> you've got to work this out. So yeah, we're going back to it's We've uh, can't remember what was our, well, we had the keys of Marinus, I guess was our last time. Yeah. Uh, uh, back to the old that, man. Yeah. The got, old man. Ian and Barbara again. I, I, for some reason, it's interesting. Ian and Barbara are not, the bulk of the first doctor stories, but we've covered a lot of their era. So we're By the way, loading on them. Isn't William Hartnell like only like 50 or something, but he seems so old in these episodes. <laughs> he he's older, older than that, but he is not as old as he is wearing a wig and he is, he's not as old as, uh, as he sort of plays it. Uh, although he has a heart condition that I think he, he's ill or he gets ill through the series. Uh, but yes, uh, anyway, all that to look forward to folks as we great. Great. Yeah, well, great, great. Done. Look, John, we did it. We did it. We looked nostalgia in the face and we smacked it around a little. We said, <laughs> get out of here. We'll feel you when we want. Yeah. And then nostalgia said, I'm not sure about what that means, really. Yeah. We don't look to the past. We look to the future. <gasps> John. Yeah. Here's to the future. Yeah. yeah. Here it is. Here it is. Coming up. <clears throat> you know, some people don't know to listen through this because it's hard to hear us when we're talking yeah but they really should listen the whole way because there's some 
Like I give out my social security number in a lot of these. <laughs> <laughs> you have to listen. Yeah. 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 Thank you, <clears throat> you know, this show is about friends. Yeah. And friends. it's about it's about Easter eggs. Oh, by the way, I, I should mention, um, just to confirm this in case others, I did. Uh, Paul and I also speak uh, via WhatsApp, so we're not even an illicit wow. line of conversation here. But uh, uh, just to confirm, uh, one line from, uh, as he's trying to explain to you, Kylie, he says, now apparently Porter isn't gay, uh, but I can only <laughs> fix so many things. <laughs> 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 so, folks, Porter, not gay. Not gay. Uh, got a wife and, and two daughters. Well, that is, doesn't necessarily yeah, mean, right? true. But, yeah. but, in the yeah. modern era, yeah. uh, but uh, does not know Kylie. So no. that right there is the, the nail in the coffin. I don't know here's, Kylie either, but uh, I sleep with a man, so at least here, I, that's my sort of wild card. Here's what I do know: a list of movies that did use the software Massive: Ooh. Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Ooh. Avatar, Chronicles of Narnia, King Kong, Radio. The go- Radio had the go to sleep music video. Flags of Our Fathers, Carlton Dra- Draft, Big Ad, I don't know what that is, iRobot, Blades of Glory, Blades of Glory? <laughs> Isn't that the ice skating the comedy movie? movie? Yeah. Aragon, The Mummy, Happy Feet, 300, and The Ant Bully. <laughs> Go to myprobe.show! My <laughs>